Hi everybody, welcome back to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and I am so excited to be back after a little break from It's All Light. And today's special guest is none other than my roommate, Brittany Marie Porter. Hi! (laughs) Guys, I'm so excited. Britt and I have talked about having her on my podcast for months, and I'm finally, it's finally happening. Yeah. So, I have a few fun facts about Brittany, but before I start talking, because you'll hear a lot of my voice, let's hear from Britt. Tell us about yourself. Uh, Okay, Um, my name's Brittany. Um, I am from Washington State. Originally, I grew up in Pullman, um, which is the home of WSU, so go Cougars. Um, I went to BYUI for nursing school. Um, graduated from there in 2020, um, which was an awesome time to graduate and become a nurse. Mm-hmm. Went right to COVID wow. and the pandemic and everything. I was really lucky, though. I was never really with COVID patients a lot. I worked in mom and baby, um, which is postpartum care for women who have just had babies. Um, and I had a couple, like, COVID-positive moms. But other than that, I really very rarely was exposed or anything. So that was wonderful. Um, But in addition to that, I also am a professional wedding photographer and videographer, Um, and I've been really lucky to have that as my full-time job for the last year and a half almost. That's been my full-time job, and I've put nursing kind of on the back burner and done that part-time, and that's been awesome. Um, What else? What else about me? I, I love to cook. I play the piano. Okay, she's so talented. (laughs) Literally, I'm like trying not to butt in because I'm like, oh yeah, and this and this. Yeah, (laughs) living with a nurse has been so helpful. Once I was really dehydrated and it was so funny because she knew immediately what to do and how to, like my kidneys were sore and because I was dehydrated. And I've asked her many, many medical questions. (laughs) It's true. Everybody needs a nurse. And, and, um, I'm trying to think of what else just popped into my head as you were speaking. Oh, yeah. Cooking, of course. Brittany makes the most yummy food. It smells so good. She just got one of the Ninja Creamies. Like, everyone's been posting about. And honestly, it's the best thing in the world. I'm like, everyone needs one of these. And I'm it grateful so I get to <laughs> get to live with someone who has a Ninja Creamy. But, I yeah. To, Natalie and I have lived together now. We lived together for like two years. Yeah. Almost. This is like the longest place I've ever stayed in. I know, me too. So I'm like, it's been, and, and you and me have been here since the beginning. We were like the first people to live in the house. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been crazy to watch each other through our different phases of life. Totally. The past two years have been kind of wild though. I mean, COVID was they what, have, three years ago, but yeah, yeah, there's been a lot. Oh, I remember yeah. what I was going to say. What's the handle of your photography business? I want people to look oh. you up because you are, she is yeah. so talented, you guys. So if anyone out there needs any type of photographer, she does family photography as well as wedding, but. Yeah. Um, it's pine and peony photo and film. Um, and that's the same, my same, my website is the same. So it's just pine and peony photo and film.com. Um, but yeah, so I mostly do couples, um, engagements, weddings, elopements, and I'm based in Utah. Um, do most of my work in like Salt Lake city area. Um, but I do travel as well this year. I've been super lucky to travel quite a bit. I was in California in March. Um, and I go up to Idaho quite a bit and then, Later this year, I have weddings in um, Oregon twice, uh, 
another one in California, Washington, and I already have one next year in Indiana. Super random, but yeah, so I'm like mostly on the West Coast. Um, But yeah, let, let me know if anyone needs photos. Yeah, that's so exciting. It's been cool to see the effort you've put into your business. Like you've grown your social and your qualities. You've like changed and um, adapted to the the vibe, the trends, but it's like, it's professional photography. It looks great. So there's some fun things about Brittany. So what do you light up about Brit? And just give us an overview of everything. I mean, you just told us a little bit, but tell us yeah, more. Um, obviously, my my jobs I'm very passionate about. Um, I've been doing photography since high school. Um, started as like a junior in high school. That's when I started learning. And ever since then, it's been a passion for me um, and also a frustration. <laughs> I think with any passion, like if you're really passionate about it, it's also going to drive you crazy sometimes, which has totally been the case for me. Um, of course, I'm super passionate about health. I've wanted to be a nurse forever. There was really not another job that I ever wanted to do. Um, and especially in women's health, that was where my passion was for sure. Um, I did clinicals and everything in med surge and I pretty much immediately was like, no, this is not it. This is not for me at all. Um, and I went straight into women's health as a new grad nurse, which is kind of untraditional for nurses a lot of nurses suggest that you go and do a couple years um or at least a couple months like in med surge just to get a good basis of your skills but I really was like I know that I will go crazy (laughs) in med surge so I'm not going to do that so I never did med surge um what does that mean med surge is just like your basic medical floor of the hospital so that's where most your patients are going to go unless they're really sick then they're going to go to the ICU Um, But like your patients who are coming in to have surgery are going to be on med surge as well as patients who are recovering from surgery Mm. are going to be on med surge. And then also like your basic flu patients, um, you know, kidney stones, um, other other stuff, just like your basic stuff that you'd have is mostly going to be on med surge. And so you see a huge amount and range of different illnesses and you get a lot of experience so I'm not saying it's like it's really good for you for sure but I knew it wasn't going to be good for me mentally probably so I was like I'm just not going to go there yeah and within women's like there's already you have labor you have postpartum and you have NICU so even like within women's there's three different fields you could go into I don't feel like it's particularly you know like narrowing to specialize in women's health at all so, so yeah, but I was really lucky to, to graduate and get a job in postpartum and then to be trained as a baby catcher as well, which was so fun. So cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was really awesome. I caught a lot of babies. Most of them were great. <laughs> You're going to have your, your scary babies every once in a while, but for the most part, it was really good. But I've always been really passionate about women's health, especially. I grew up with all girls and um, I have three sisters and I just... Like, that's where my comfort is, for sure, is with women. Um, the babies are definitely a perk, but I, I really was more in it to be with the moms um, and to mm-hmm. be supporting them and to be be their, their nurse more so than the baby's nurse. So it was a really good experience. But other than that, I have always been really passionate about, um, like, emotional stuff, mental health, um, having had my own experiences with those things. 
um, and with intimacy as well, emotional intimacy, like kind of the Brene Brown type of stuff, vulnerability, um, you know, getting in the arena, um, as well as mm. physical as well. I'm kind of passionate about talking about that type of stuff. Um, and sexual and reproductive health. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she's so yeah. knowledgeable. You guys, it's so amazing. The things I've learned from Brittany, like, yeah. And maybe we'll share I'm bits sure. and pieces of that today. We'll keep yeah. it, we'll keep it rated G, but yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but like some things should be talked about more. And I know you're a proponent of that. Like there are mm-hmm. important things that are okay to talk about. And some people are just too scared to talk about it. Maybe because they don't know enough about it. Yeah. And, and the hard thing with those things is that while we do want to it's really similar to in the lds faith like we talk about how we talk about like temples and things it's it's not secret it's sacred um and i think that we treat physicality a lot the same way Mm. and like our bodies and stuff the same way because they are sacred um but i also have seen in my own life like especially in my job how not talking about those things just puts everyone at a low level. Um, it stunts you. You can't make as well of informed decisions. And you don't have the same control over your life because of that lack of information. Mm, um, interesting. And so it's it's just like, I just am so passionate about that. Like, everybody should know what's going on with their bodies. Um especially women having, you know, health for a long time. The textbooks are about men. Like you can look through a textbook and, and most of the pictures from people's bodies and things are of men. And that's we're you know, biologically we have a lot of similarities. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that means that women forever were not the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes like, there's health and then there's women's health and really health should be all encompassing. Um, And the fact that we have another one called women's health is kind of indicative of how, Mm. how the world has played out to men more so than women. And again, I'm not saying that's a terrible thing. Half the population is men, but forever women have been at a disadvantage because of that, because we weren't as educated um, and we didn't, we weren't as studied. It's still to this day, like people are like, Oh, women's hormones. Like what a mystery. It's not a mystery. Like we know those mm-hmm. things were not as, just not as talked about. And so we don't have as good of a basis for information there. Yeah. I like what you said. Like you need to learn about your bio- biological makeup as, mm-hmm. as a woman or as a male. And that helps you make decisions. That helps you, just the more knowledge you have about that, the more you can, in a sense, have control over your life. Tell us more yeah. about that. Um, so for me personally, I know like when I was younger, even growing up with all girls, um, like we didn't talk a ton about periods or menstruation or whatever you want to call it or how you're going to feel differently at different times of the month because your hormones are fluctuating in different ways and here's how they're fluctuating and here's how you can best help your body in a way to prepare for that and to be successful during that time um the whole month really uh, but 
But yeah, we didn't really talk about that much. And, and that was a problem for me because I did have like some hormonal imbalances. So I was really not a happy kid. I was very angry. I was kind of like, I seriously was like vindictive. I held grudges like so bad, mm. just not happy. Um, and, and now like looking back, I'm like, oh man, the things that I would change if I could go back in time, I would have put me in therapy immediately. <laughs> but um, instead, the solution that we came to is we we talked to a doctor and he was like, let's put you on birth control. So I was on oral birth control from when I was like 13 or 14. And I just oh. recently like went off of birth control because I was finally like, I'm understanding what this has like done to me. Mm, the side effects. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe not so much the side effects. I was really lucky to not have a lot of side effects. Mm. But at the same time, like the way that hormonal birth control works, um, the pill is it makes your body think that you're pregnant. Like it gives you this hormone dose that is the same kind of hormone presentation that you would have if you were pregnant. So that and would help correct the imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it basically takes away your normal ebb and flow of hormones and your normal cycle. Interesting. So you can have a period like while you're on hormonal birth control. Um, because you'll take that – you have three weeks of the actual dose of medication and then you have one week that is a placebo. So it's it, it doesn't give you anything and so it kind of gives your body a break. You ha- usually have a period during that time um, and then you start again and so then it, it you know, picks back up. Interesting. So people, think, people think in a way, oh, I'm still having a period, like I still have a normal cycle. But it's not actually the case. Um, the way that it works is it just makes your body think that you're pregnant so mm. you can't ovulate. Mm. So, it's, so then you can't get pregnant because your body thinks you already are pregnant. So, huh? And, and it's and not it's not bad for your body to not ovulate. Um, it's not bad for your body. I wouldn't say, but it's not good either. Well, yeah, because I'm <laughs> like, like the purpose of a period is to to clean your uterus. Clean out. Yeah, <laughs> get everything get everything out of there and get get prepping again for a potential yeah. pregnancy. Also, for all my male listeners, this is helpful, and you should know this. By it the is way. very helpful. Like, like if you if you know a woman, if you want to be with a woman, if you are married to a woman, mm-hmm. this is good stuff to know because first of all, she may not know it, um, and you can potentially help her like live her best life even when she's on her period, and also it's going to help you to understand how to how to best navigate if she's having like symptoms and stuff. Yeah, and totally. Kind of difficult to live with because that's totally a a thing um but yeah so your body will think that it's pregnant and as you can imagine it's not good for your body to think it's pregnant every month for 10 years yeah that's a <laughs> like lot. that's a lot that's a lot of time to mm. spend and some people voluntarily choose to not take that placebo week so they don't have to have a period because it is a hassle um and so imagine your body thinking it's pregnant for 10 years nonstop. Mm, and then yeah. there's like never a baby. Obviously, you're going to have pregnancy type symptoms like breast swelling, weight gain, um, uncomfortable, you know, like highs and lows with your emotions, things like that, that make people crazy, make you feel crazy. Mm, um, yeah. And, and I didn't have a ton of those, but I just was like, I finally decided I wanted to give my body a break. And so I went off of it and I haven't gone back on. And here's the crazy thing. I feel amazing. Like 
I didn't ovulate for 10 years, ovulation feels so good. Like that for most Mm -hmm. women is a really high point of the month of when you're just like, you're riding on a high, you feel like a million bucks. You're like, my skin is glowing. My hair is shiny. Like (laughs) you feel so good. So it's like been such an interesting shift in my life the last couple of months to have that again and to notice how I feel and all of that. So just kind of a crazy thing. But I, I remember I just hated that that was the solution for for my mood problems and my grumpiness was she just needs to be put on a pill. Mm. And really there was a lot of other emotional things going on that right. would have been able to It's not just your hormones, through. it's your experiences too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even, if, even if it is your hormones, the thing is like everyone's feelings are hormonal. Your hormones are your feelings. So it's like I hate that so often women's feelings just get boiled down to hormones. Those are your feelings. Like, and even if you may be a little bit more reactive than usual, like say if you're on your period or something, those you typically people still have a reason behind those feelings, even if they're feeling them a little bit bigger than they normally would. Yeah. It just kind of extremizes. Is that a word? I don't think so. Dang it. (laughs) I'm like extra. Yeah. It heightens your emotions. It heightens your emotions a lot. So it it just is such a frustrating thing to, um, yeah, to be basically boiled down to nothing but a body with hormones and chemicals. Like you're a person with a soul and with feelings. And when those feelings get hurt, like you're allowed to have feelings about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your biological makeup and your mind, like – your is your soul body and spirit you know and both yeah. of them are intertwined in probably more ways than we realize and recognize yeah. um something I've been impressed with you Britt is and this is something I probably only learned like five years ago is like each week of the month has certain hormone imbalances mm-hmm. and th- learning about those things like I remember I saw like something it's like the seasons of your period and then like but then as I've like my watch tracks my cycle and tells me what phase I'm in and then researching what to eat, what activities to do, that's something you've been doing. And I've yeah. loved that. And I, I have it in back of mind. I haven't actively done a ton with it. But tell us about that for you and maybe walk us through those if you're OK with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, when we talk about like a cycle, we're used to using that term to refer to just um, the menstrual cycle, which is just when your uterus is shedding the lining, you're bleeding, all that stuff. Um, but usually you actually have a, a full like uterine cycle, um, which is over the course of usually about 28 days. Sometimes mm-hmm. people have more, sometimes people have less, um, and you can track that to find out what your like normal is. Over the course of that 28 days, you go through four different phases, um, and then you're last one basically is when you shed the lining of your uterus so the phases are from one we start with the first day of your menstrual cycle so um so that's usually about five ish days depending on the woman obviously um once your period is done before you reach the halfway mark in your cycle that's called the follicular phase. And what that means is it's when your body is preparing a new follicle, um, mm-hmm. which is like egg. So your ovaries are getting ready a new follicle to release, um, to send down into the uterus to possibly get pregnant. Um, so mm-hmm. 
your follicular phase is when it's just like prepping the egg to get ready. Um, then you're going to ovulate. So that's like right in the middle of your cycle usually. So about day 14, um, you're going to ovulate. Some women will be uncomfortable during ovulation because some women have this crazy thing where they can feel like ovulation. They can tell like which ovary is releasing the egg and everything, which is crazy. Wow. But that's just like when your body is like, okay, we could get pregnant now. And generally speaking, there's actually only like a two to three day period where you could get pregnant. Um, but we... Mm. Just to be safe, we say the ovulation is about five days mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then after that, it's the luteal phase. And that's going to be like your PMS phase, your premenstrual phase, where you're going to kind of feel crummy um, because your body is like, we didn't get pregnant. <laughs> and it's your, it's your body's like, you know, evolutionarily speaking, your body is like, let's get pregnant. We want to get pregnant. So, so it's bummed out when you don't. And that's when you're going to kind of feel crappy. You're going to be like kind of bloated, not feeling moody. Great. So yeah. And moody for sure. So yeah. So those are those cycles. Um, and, and it's crazy to see, you can actually like people have tracked the hormone levels of different hormones during the cycle um, of the uterus. Mm -hmm. And it's also important to take into account that you also have an ovarian cycle um, because your ovaries are not always just like churning out eggs. Mm. Um, it, it's doing things in relation to what your uterus is doing and your hormones to have the best possible level of success of a pregnancy. Wow. So, so you can actually like cross, cross match those on top of each other, both your, your ovarian cycle and your uterine cycle. Um, and, and you can use those to kind of predict what your body needs as far as exercise and food and nutrition goes and how to like best care for your body. Um, so like if you're really big into fitness and, and health, probably weightlifting the most, you're going to notice certain times a month, the same amount of weight is going to feel way heavier <laughs> than it does at other times of the month, because there are times of the month that you're really not meant to be going really hard you're and not that's during the follicular phase um so it's basically the easiest way to say it is that from when your period ends until you ovulate um through ovulation is going to be the good time to go hard so that's like after your period um to about day let's say 20 mm -hmm. that's when you want to be like exercising hard um putting in a lot of work and effort getting to that like high heart rate level mm. um and then during those other two phases so after you've ovulated and during your period you kind of want to be more relaxed um your body is doing a lot more it needs more energy to recover mm -hmm. um you also don't feel good like during that time so you're going to want to relax a lot and yeah some people even say like the best workout you can do during your period is take a nap <laughs> which i love <laughs> i love that but, too but yeah so so generally that's that's kind of the way you want to want to do it obviously people have di different recommendations of what kind of exercises you do during each phase but if you want to just make it really simple go light activity um during your uh luteal and period your luteal and menstrual phase and then higher activity during your follicular and ovulation phase. Cool. And then, yeah, just what are a few simple foods for each phase that you've discovered? Oh, geez. Um, the foods are harder to keep track of because there's a lot of them. Um, you want to have different sources of protein at different times of the month. Mm. I can't remember for sure. Like right now, I 
um this is so tmi you all are learning so much about me <laughs> um, i just finished my period so i'm gonna be in my follicular phase now so follicular phase is a good time to have like eggs chicken um basically say it's like the spring kind of phase of your of your uterine cycle so i'll have a lot of like citruses and you know summer berries and things like that um and of course you want to have a good good variety in your diet always mm-hmm. so making sure Right, different, different grains, um, different, different fruits, meats, vegetables, all that stuff. You want to make sure you have plenty of that. Yeah. And we live together. So it's cool because our cycles match up and tell us, I remember yes. <laughs> lit- this was probably literally my first month of moving in and like knowing you were a nurse, I was bombarding you with questions, but tell like, I don't think people really understand what happens there. So from a nurse's perspective, what happens there? It's kind of unclear, like, how <laughs> this works. Like, it keeps happening. Like, it's, like, a known thing that this happens. Um, but, yeah, like, when women live all together, obviously we're all giving off pheromones. Men and women give off pheromones at all times. Yeah. Um, and and at, the, at the peak, they're, like, during ovulation is when you're giving off a lot of pheromones. Um, and they think that basically your pheromones, when you're ovulating and everything, your other bodies around you are going to pick up on those and grab them, basically, mm-hmm. and going to kind of initiate your own body beginning to do a similar thing. So then you basically end up ovulating at the same time, which means you end up having periods at the same time as well. Um, so yeah, kind of a crazy thing. That was a I, – I know you have – two sisters mm-hmm. but uh, that probably was a thing in your house I know it was in mine like mm-hmm. there was totally times when like all four of us were cycling at the same time which was mm-hmm. just wild yeah so. there's a funny modern family episode about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the dad knows and he prepares for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man I've been getting into modern family again it's kind of a fun while I fold my laundry show but yeah thanks for sharing those things and where do you think is a good source for people to go to to learn more I mean obviously sometimes Um, google you can find a lot yeah um I would always recommend you go straight to a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. preferably your doctor um if you have I personally I just see a family doctor um which means that they're basically like an OB they do pediatrics as well as women's health they, they can do everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an OB, an obstetrician specifically, or a gynecologist, um, that's going to be a great resource for you um, because not only can they help you, like, learn how to track it, they can also help you, you know, monitor irregularities. So if you're concerned about having hormonal imbalances, they can get the tests and everything done to help you see if that's if that is the case and what needs to change in your life, um, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Good. Cool. And I've found helpful resources on Pinterest, like if you're curious for more foods Mm -hmm. to eat during which phase and really anything we can do. Like I remember sometimes women use PMS as an excuse, right? Like, right. And, and sometimes it is the most valid thing. Like you've been crazy all week and then you start your period and you're like, Oh, of course, that's why. Like, it's like a rejoicing thing. It's like, even though I've been dealing with this for 13 years, like it still surprises you every time you start your period. You're like, Oh, that's why I was so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. The hope is that at some point women take that control. So it's not a surprise anymore. Like start, start tracking your cycle. All you have to do, if you have an iPhone, you can use the health app. 
um, and you can enter in like what the first day of your period is um, and it'll track every cycle for you. It'll tell you like your last cycle was um, like 27 days and this one's been 28. Like Hopefully, prepare you to when you're about to start. Yeah, it'll actually give you like once it has a, a good database of what what you're like month to month. Um, it'll give you like a notification usually a couple days before nice. saying like, Hey, your period's probably going to start within three days. Just so you know, um, another really helpful app that I found is called, I think it's just called 28. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super helpful. You can track in that one as well. And then it tells you which phase you're in. And then it has a little tab at the bottom for nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, emotion, Ooh. all that stuff just to tell you like it. And it's based off which phase you're in. So you can just open the app and it'll say, Hey, you're in your follicular phase. And then you can click at the bottom for different exercises that would be good that is awesome. um, and nutrition to include. And it even has like recipes in there. It's great. So that's so cool. Yeah. I use my Garmin and it, I can track it on my Garmin app on my yeah. phone. And mm-hmm. like, even right now it's like, it tells me what phase I'm in that how many days until my next phase. And then I click it and it says the number of what day I'm on. And it's yeah. like being in a swimsuit during your period might sound crazy, but swimming is a great way to ease cramps. It can increase yeah. circulation and blood flow. It takes pressure off your lower back. So mine usually just gives like one little blurb and then it mm-hmm. has the National Center for Biotechnology Information to give you more details. So <laughs> so I get that every phase. It kind of gives me some studies to look into. Yeah. And I think that's kind of fun for me. That's how I like to track it. But since I was younger, I used just like the basic period app. Yeah. Pew tracker. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's but. a really interesting thing. Like once you kind of know what phase you're in and maybe what some of your symptoms are on a month-to-month basis, you can be a little bit more intuitive about how you behave during those times. Like totally. I know I know that I'm, I'm not particularly symptom – ridden as far as like PMS goes I'll get a little bit bloated but then it it usually goes away with like within a day um and I'll be like a little bit more irritable but not a ton but I also am able to say you know I know that I'm gonna be more irritable during this time and so I'm intentionally not gonna I'm not gonna say everything that's on my mind because I know some of it's not nice (laughs) you know it's like it's amazing able makes you able to act a little bit more um intuitively and just be kinder um, be better and to give yourself what you need as well. Like if there are also certain times of the month where I feel really not creative, like I don't feel very inspired. I don't feel like I'm doing good work and I'll get so quickly down on myself so fast. And then I have to remember, like, you have to give yourself grace. You're not in a good phase right now. Like it's just that your hormones are giving you a little bit of a ride. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. you're gonna come back up it's okay like yeah. and it's so important and helpful for me to remember that stuff and to yeah just be better to myself and to everybody around me yeah my mom was kind of teaching me and we were talking about this too just saying like like we shouldn't use our hormones as excuses you know mm-hmm. like oh sorry it's just because I'm PMS you know like right she's like you're you have that your whole life. Like you can't yeah. just use it as an excuse. You have to learn to deal with it and yeah. anticipate it. And it, it it's part of what makes us us, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a huge part of our life. Like you said, our hormones are our feelings. Like yeah. we can learn to channel them. Like everyone else needs to learn and be self-aware. Yeah. And, and that just comes with learning these extra things about our bodies. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm just so fascinated with our bodies. It, yeah. they're, they're amazing. It makes me oh, want to like go take body. anatomy and – Seriously, like the human body is incredible. 
I remember taking like biology and like what would that like sophomore year of high school and it was mostly like plant biology and I was like this is so dumb <laughs> like I just like didn't care at all about that type of stuff and as soon as we got into human body stuff I was like whoa this is awesome like the way that the human body works is absolutely a miracle like it is so insane once you understand the the little like connections of the body and everything it just changes how you see yourself so much and but yeah it is so helpful to just know what's going on with your body at any given time and to be able to act accordingly that is such an important thing and especially for younger girls who are going through puberty and stuff I feel like for me understanding those changes a little bit more on a month-to-month basis would have been so good for me and my self-esteem and would have made me feel like I had so much more control over myself because I really like there really was times when I was like felt out of control and just like a crazy spiral was going on and it was so frustrating mm-hmm. and so it's I really hope that other people don't have to deal with that um sex ed is so important um I understand people don't want their kids to have sex educating them about sex does not mean that they will have sex that's you know my little my little tidbit but it, it empowers them for when they do have sex is yeah important. Sex so. is good. That's what my marriage prep yeah. teacher at BYU said. And I loved yeah. it. I think it's so important to learn about. And then, yeah, in a sense, the more you know, the more you can have control, in, a, in my opinion, yes. right? You know what, yes. how your body act, like acts. and Yeah, yeah that's cool. that's, it's the Lots same reason. Learn. Kids, we have quite the STD problem in America. It's because kids don't even know how to protect themselves from those. They don't know about condoms or protection or any of that teen pregnancy same type of thing if they knew when they could get pregnant then maybe they would be a little bit more careful <laughs> you know and I'm not saying it's a good thing for underage sex to happen in the first place but you can't always prevent that you just can't um no matter how good the parents are or anything like things are going to happen um so it's so it's so good for kids to know for themselves what is happening in their body and how to act accordingly so what what do you feel like will help maybe people listening and you as a future mom to teach your kids? What are some helpful things that you, you will do? Um, first and foremost, personal education for myself. Um, I'm currently listening to a book. I can, I can check who it is, who it's by. It's very popular. I know that much because I had a hold on it at the library for like four months before oh, it wow. came available. Um, but it's called, this is so like, yeah, crazy. But it's called Come As You Are. It's about healthy sexual relationships um, and especially for women taking control of your sexuality and your physical intimacy and how to how to how to be fulfilling in that aspect of your life and how to have the best possible experiences and to let go of, um, you know, like self-esteem problems, how to be confident in those moments and to love your body and love others as well. So that's been really interesting so far, but yeah, I highly recommend educating yourself as much as you can, learn everything that you can about your own body, and then don't be afraid to have those conversations casually. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but um, the less that we talk about that stuff, the harder it gets to talk about that stuff. So if it's a common, not a common, but if it's an easily brought up topic in your household, then your kids aren't going to be afraid to come to you with their questions. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I know that mom and dad are 
cool about me asking these questions. They're not going to reprimand me. They're not going to be saying, you shouldn't be talking about that. You shouldn't be thinking about that. They know that it's natural and it's normal for me to have these thoughts and these feelings and these questions, and I'm going to get them answered. That is the best way to prepare your own kids, I would say. And I would also include that it's so helpful to um, have like this, I don't know, I don't know what the best way to be, to do this would be. Like, obviously I'm not a parent, but, um, like examples of other, other hard conversations. So like if you, um, are a household that doesn't really talk about your feelings a lot, or, you know, like if you are a a boys don't cry type of household, that's going to be also limiting in other ways as well. So like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, Probably that will turn into also boys don't cry and girls um, like aren't girls aren't tough or aggressive, even though plenty of girls out there are tough and aggressive. Um, so being really open and trying to have the the biggest open mind you possibly can with your kids is the best way I would say to prepare for those conversations. Um, because really, unfortunately, like I think we forget a lot of the times that our kids' lives are not our lives. Um, they're going to be who they're going to be, and that's not up to us. Um, and so we can parent them as best as we can, but that doesn't mean that they're going to end up the way that we want them to necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would say the best thing you can do is to just be open-minded and be prepared to have all the conversations um, and be ready to go at all times. Yeah, I'd say just continually educating yourself. My marriage prep teacher said, like, as you have a newborn baby, like, give her the sex talk, you know, practice, right? practice yeah. saying it out loud. How are you going to how yeah. are you going to teach them these important things? Because these are mm-hmm. our bodies. Um, yeah. You said one other thing, too, that I found really profound. Um, if it doesn't come back, we'll move on to the uplifting takeaway from this episode and and how people can benefit from this. Um yeah, it's not coming back to me. So we'll just jump to the takeaway. <laughs> It'll pop up soon, hopefully. <laughs> You've shared so many great pieces of wisdom, though. I've really appreciated it. So why should others know about this? Besides the points we already covered, like just right. the more you know about your body, the more you can can understand yourself and others and love each other and love others and love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. What else would you add? Um, I would add that it's so important to respect yourself and to be in touch with yourself in every aspect of your life. Um, you know, therapy has kind of become popularized in the last couple of years, and that's an awesome thing. People need to have that like emotional um, knowledge basis and tools for success in life. And it's the same thing with all of our other parts of our life. Like, you know, we we stress physical health so much. Um, gym culture is huge. Uh, all that stuff is great. Nutrition, same type of thing. Um, and, and so it's been great to see the shifts towards wellness in American culture in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think that we're slowly but surely doing the same type of thing with intimacy and sexual health as well. Um, and I think that's exactly how it should be because that is a big part of your life as an adult. Um, and even like sexually as an adult, yes, but as a kid, your your reproductive health is still a huge part of your life. You can't get rid of it. You can't stop it. It's unique to everybody. Um, 
it's going to have an effect on your life your whole life. Um, and yeah. understanding those things and understanding yourself better will increase your appreciation for yourself and your connection to yourself. Um, and it'll also help you with connection to others. Everybody deserves to have a fulfilling, um, intimate life. Um, I, I'm like pretty sure I would, you, are most of your listeners like LDS? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I'm sure it's like, you know, we're used to being talked about the law of chastity and everything. So important, of course. Um, no disrespect to that. I just, I happen to know that there's also a lot of LDS people out there who write their kids out of sex ed <laughs> um, because they are so worried about that law of chastity stuff. Mm. Um, but it should be the same thing as, you know, like getting education on drug use. Like nobody is saying that having that education is going to cause your kids to have to use drugs, you know? Um, and, and the things that we do in life and the people that we run into all have paths, you know, like, um, you're going to meet people who came from a different background, but that doesn't mean that where they're at now is not amazing as well. Um, I, I use the example frequently of like, let's say you're an LDS person and you marry a convert who got baptized at 24 um, and is a wonderful member of the church now. They have a past and no one blames them for that because they weren't, they didn't have that same education as us growing up or anything. Um, but they deserve to have the same grace given to them and the person that they end up with should be just as prepared for that past that they have as well. So that means, you know, using protection and getting an HPV vaccine, things like that. Um, because you can't, you can't change the past. <laughs> That's just the fact. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I hope that everybody deserves and gets that, um, fulfilling intimate life that they should have. And that, um, intimacy and physicality can be a positive experience in people's life. Obviously things happen and it's not always the case, but the more prepared you are and the more you know about your body, um, and you know, bodies in general, as well as your body, that's going to prepare you to have success in that realm of your life. Um, and it will be a positive aspect in your life instead of a negative, um, which I think is Honestly, what we see portrayed more often in media, especially, is the negative of, mm -hmm. of things. You don't see the healthy, the healthy, thriving sexual relationships uh, yeah. as much because well, it's not as fun for TV, you know? True. So. Well, and intimacy isn't just physical intimacy. Intimacy is emotional intimacy, yes. intellectual intimacy. Like, Absolutely. And it helps you just overall be loving, supporting, accepting, and mm -hmm. it helps you understand yeah. your thoughts and your feelings and be, being self-aware, not just mind, but body and spirit. Like all of those combined can benefit from just knowing your biological makeup. I yeah, love that. And I, think, I think as religious people too, um, people will talk about like you can have spiritual experiences in intimacy and um, that sounds wonderful. But the only way to have that is to have I think to be intimate in every way, you're being spiritually intimate, you're being emotionally intimate, you're being physically intimate, then you're going to have that trifecta of good intimate experience. Wow, that's cool. 
Oh, Britt, I've learned a lot today, and I hope people have enjoyed this. Good, 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 good. I'm so happy. And like you said, we're making this not a taboo topic. I think men and women and children, I mean, in the right boundaries and parameters, need to be learning about all these things. So I would say my takeaway today is is just practicing talking about it. I mean, you and I talk about it. We talk about it with our other roommates. Um, Sometimes it is more taboo in families and and I don't know, certain personalities and people like sometimes I'm right. I can talk about things more with my cousin than I can with other people in my life, you know? So it's like, find the people that you're comfortable learning and talking about things with, because that's how you, that's how you learn and can grow. What would you say is your biggest takeaway today, Britt? Um, yeah, probably the same, probably the same as you that the more that we talk about it, the less taboo it becomes. Um, and that, yeah, we we all need to we all need to grow up <laughs> and just talk about it already. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, obviously like you want to be careful with children and everything, but but yeah, like the best the best way um to help things whether it's you know, like talking about mental health problems is is to talk about it in the first place, to be open and to be aware of the resources and the things that you have and can do. And I'm happy to be that resource for people as well. Um, this is something I talk about all the time, like with a lot of people as far as, you know, sexual and reproductive health goes. I was totally that roommate, like in college that people were like, will you come with me to my IUD appointment? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I am always happy if people have questions or if they just want to talk to somebody who's, who they know is like chill talking to, talking yeah. about this yeah. stuff. I'm happy to be talked to about it so she's good at answering questions and it's not uncomfortable like Britt just because of her knowledge because she's a nurse like all the things combined and just who you are Britt just as a person it's very open and welcoming and and helpful and I love that you can help people in in this way so thank you everybody I'm so happy to be back tune in every Tuesday for an it's all light episode and thanks again Brittany and we'll talk to you guys later bye Bye.